Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson, pow, pow, pow! I'm Zendalani, so what? Feels good, doesn't it, to get those catchphrases They just out flow there. now, they just flow all natural. Yeah. There's nothing, yeah, it's just like, it's nothing like weird about it. it. Yeah, it just comes, yeah. it's, just as, it's just as easy as breathing. Don't even think about doing it. Mm. Right. Uh, it's the what is it? It's the Tuesday episode. This is the mailbag delve. We've had lots of good emails and uh, tweets and shit. Um, quite a few mediocre ones, one or two that they're just awful. And one, uh, that, one some that might have good stories in them, but are so long that yeah. you're never we're gonna, gonna we're them. never gonna be bothered getting to the good bit. People really yeah. love a preamble. And they think that you're interested in biographical details. It's like, get mm. to the bit that's funny. If there's a this and that, yeah. right, if there's a this and that guy, right, that you've met who's done something funny, just tell us that. Just literally date yeah. it, like go, you know, go something like, you know, Mallorca, August 2012, right? Mm. Me and my girlfriend on holiday, pool cleaner comes in, something like that. What people Don't start with? I was born in Grantham in 1975. Me. Yeah, and they do all this. Huh? Well, that's another story. I'll email you about that another time. I don't care, right? Your stories aren't. You probably normal people like you, right? The cunters. You've probably got about fucking one, maximum two worthwhile anecdotes in you. So fucking just get to them, because we're never gonna fucking read out an email that's like more than 200 words long. We can't be bothered. Right? Yeah. Um, and you write these fucking long things. It's like, it's not like a writing competition. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not going to go, wow, this guy's a fucking real wordsmith. We should let's make give him. him a book talking as a prize. Let's make him the third person on this podcast. And have him, <laughs> do you know what? It's just like, just tell us the funny thing and fuck off. As a wise man once if... said, tell me it. And that wise man <laughs> exactly, was me, yeah. Sam Delaney. Yeah. If your story's longer than 200 words, you, can fuck you need off. to do your own podcast and to send us a link and then we'll decide if we want to listen to it or not. Yeah, if, you know, if you're Elton John, author of a book that I'm currently reading on Andy's recommendation and no, one of the most is it? extraordinary fucking books I have ever read, <laughs> and I mean that wholeheartedly, and I've read a it lot, is, it? I've read a lot of memoirs by musicians and famous people and, and so-called <laughs> wild men but this is if you're elton john and you're listening to this which perhaps you are i actually having read the book happen to think that elton john would really enjoy this podcast <laughs> um, i think so I've, i'm genuinely i mean sometimes we joke about famous people listening now i feel like i've got to know elton john i think that yeah. this podcast is right up his street right we'll, anyway we'll send it to him. we should yeah but I have got a way in. Do you know who I know someone in that book? I don't have you finished it yet? No, not yet. No, nor have I. I'm only up to like halfway through. 
I mean, I'm only, I'm not even halfway, I hope. It's like when you've got a nice bowl of ice cream and you're gutted if you're, you start noticing that you're quite a way into it and you start to feel gutted before the end. Do you ever get that? You, you know when, when you, sometimes you go to like a massive gig and they'll have like a cannon and they fire the cannon and loads of streamers and glitter comes out? Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. The cannon keeps firing the glitter and streamers and exactly. everything out. So the point is, if you are Elton John, you can send a story as long as you fucking want. Because you're a man mm. who has had more fucking extraordinary, amazing and entertaining things happen to you than anyone else I've ever heard of, right? And you know how to tell those stories extremely well. So every last word is fucking compelling and hilarious, right? And usually quite shocking too, right? Yeah. So if you're out on job... Just help though. He's had, he's had help with it. He's had a, it was he's had a ghostwriter Alex with Petridis it. Wrote Alex, it Alex from Petridis, the Guardian. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. a, a good writer and he's really like, it's fucking good. And you can tell it's been written very well by him, but you can still tell it's Elton John's voice. And yeah. because the person his personality, and by the way, I've never been a massive Elton. I mean, like, you know, obviously there's some Elton John songs that I love. Um, but it's not like I'm a big Elton John fan. I don't think you need to be to fucking marvel at the, the life of this man. And what makes it great is what he doesn't do is just keep telling, yeah, then this happened and that happened, oh, it's fucking mental. He is really reflective and self-deprecating all the way through. But he's got mm-hmm. the perfect balance between saying, I know I was a complete cunt, but at the same time, <laughs> you have to admit this is quite funny. <laughs> Which I think would have been a good title for the book. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. yeah I know I was a cunt but come on let's admit it none of this was right <laughs> but it was all fucking funny D- different times by Elton John <laughs> you just said there you've got you've got an in you know somebody's in the book are you prepared there's to see who a, that there's is there's a character in it called Tony King uh, yeah who's one of the like and, and Tony King is someone who uh, we've got a very good close mutual friend right so I've met okay. I've met Tony King at various parties. Not I wouldn't say I'm close to him or know him well, but at lots of parties and and social mm-hmm. events I've met Tony King. So it's like oh, all right, Tony, you know, no. and nice. Tony King's quite an older bloke now, still very dapper and cool looking, um, but you know not how he is described in the book, which is a a, a wild man to say the least, right? <laughs> and I just knew, all I knew about Tony King was that he was. When I met him, he was something called creative director to the Rolling Stones, right? So right. I knew that he basically was in charge of things. I didn't quite understand what the role was. I thought, oh, uh, the, you know, he's in charge of things like the their their tour, the stage mm. and the setup, and you know, the concepts around fucking bridges to Babylon or whatever they, yeah. they've done. That was he was involved in that, and I thought that's what he is. He's a creative director, fine. Then you read this book and you realise Tony King was like a best friend and consigliere, not just to Elton John, but to everyone from fucking John Lennon to uh, Bob Dylan. I mean, mm. it's fucking amazing. I'm reading this book thinking, fucking Tony? And so I double-checked to our yeah. mutual friend. I said, All right, I said to him, I'm reading this Elton John book. And before it came out of my mouth, I went, is that Tony? And my mate went, yeah, that's him. That's him. It's the same <laughs> Tony King. And I was like, fucking hell. <clears throat> anyway, so that might be our in, possibly. I could get Tony well, King and say, listen, have a listen to Top yeah. Flight Time. She's fucking good. It only costs £3 a month. £3 yeah, pound a month. That. Elton's mention got to be able to stretch to that. Because even if he like listens <clears throat> to it, isn't that bothered, thinks, nah, it's not for me. 
all they do is swear, right? Mm. Um, He'd like that, though. Yeah, he would, because he's very sweary himself. But if he, if he listened to it, I think it's unlikely that he wouldn't love it immediately. Because, again, don't forget, he's a massive football fan. Yeah, and we do talk about football now and again. Yeah. I think as well, it's because he's so extravagant. I reckon that if he didn't do it, he would automatically just get 200 IFS subscriptions, even if he didn't need them. <laughs> I'm going to subscribe 200 times, David Furnish. David Furnish, <laughs> come here. Now, I want to support Come and send these, this out. Press the buttons. These couple of idiots. Well, <laughs> the thing is, Elton, you're going to need to have 200 different email accounts. Well, I should have fucking 200 email accounts. <laughs> I've done already. John. I should have a thousand. I've got a Gmail one, a Hotmail one, a Yahoo one, an AOL dot one. <laughs> what are the other ones you can get? <laughs> <laughs> have, I got st- have I still got my free surf one from the 90s? <laughs> um... Yeah, fucking, what a book, mate. You know what? I had it on my to-do list, and I'd said to my missus, <clears> I want this by, I'll ask for it for Christmas. It's a great thing to put on your mm. Christmas list, isn't it? And she went, yeah. And then after you said it the other day, I just thought, I can't fucking resist. You know, that's what I'm like. I'm impulsive. And I can't, I'm not someone who has ever been able to subscribe to the concept of delayed gratification. Yeah, of course. I'm just if not it was, that guy. If it was meant for Christmas, if it was meant for Christmas, they would have fucking released it at Christmas. It's for now. It's it, come out in October. It's, it's for now. It's for now. And it's perfect October, because October <clears> can <throat> be a bit glum, can't it? Yeah. Get yourself the exactly. Elton John book and, you know... I mean, two things this, this month are The Wall with Danny Dyer and mm-hmm. Elton John's autobiography. I don't even know the name of it. What's it called? <laughs> Um, me. <laughs> Just call it, I don't know, call it me. That's what it's about, isn't it? <laughs> What's it about? Me. Call it me. <laughs> I mean, I am only at the bit, right, where he's, it's still the 70s. I don't know if you're into the 80s yet. It's still Not the yet, 70s. No, still in he's the only 70s. just released Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah. And it's about halfway through. But. My favourite bit so far, I don't want to do any spoilers, but my favourite bit so far is probably the bit about the guitarist who likes to fuck chickens. Have you read that bit? I haven't got to that yet. Ah, fucking hell, I've got ahead of you, mate. You have. (sighs) So anyway, that's Elton John's book. If you are, what we're saying is, if you're Elton John, feel free to write as many, uh, as long an email as you like. If you're not Elton John, you're just a normal person, just keep them short. Exactly, don't, we don't care. And it's a shame because I look at these emails and I think the titles are promising when you see it in your inbox. And you think, this is quite a promising title. I think this could be a good story. But then you open the email and you realise you've got to wait through a load of unnecessary bullshit. If it's set on a holiday, which many of them are, it's very often you have to sit through the whole build-up to the holiday and how it was booked and stuff like that. I don't give a fuck, mate. We all went down to Lund Polly in April. (laughs) Our heads... Filled with possibilities. Yeah. Uh, Dreams of the Mediterranean. Ah, anywhere. Red Hot Content. Would you like more from your Top Flight Time Machine experience? If so, subscribe now to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon subscription thing, which will only cost you three quid plus VAT each month. Sam, tell them what you get. 
you get an exclusive episode of uh, one of the deep dives, which at the moment is the Melchester Odyssey, in which we go through the whole of the 80s annual of uh, Roy the Rovers. You get your Kevin Keegan deep dives a week in advance. You get all your other episodes, usually a good eight hours before the other cunts who can't and be bothered forking out. all of those advert-free as well, free of adverts such as fucking this one. And you get the knowledge that you're helping to contribute towards this podcast continuing. Because if we don't get enough subscribers, we're fucking it off. Yeah, just remember, we don't do this for the fun. So go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more. And subscribe at patreon.com slash machine. Fucking do it. Three quid. You can't fucking go wrong. Red Hot Contents. Let's get into some emails, shall we? Yeah. Here's a one. Neighbour nicknames is another one we've had a few of. Um, this is from Luke. It just says, various different houses that I've lived in, various neighbours. Bumblefoot, um, Dog Nonce, Lurch, mm. The Viking, yeah. Billy Idol with a Virus. I like that one. Yeah, that's really good. And The Koala. <laughs> and he, hasn't expl- he hasn't explained any of them, which I kind of like. Just leave it to your imagination. Mm. I used to live across the road from a fellow who we called The Assassin. Because he used to wear, he used to, he had shaven head and he used to wear a really smart, long, grey coat, um, like a woolen coat, do you know what I mean? Mm. And he used to carry a briefcase, which was kind of just big enough to fit weaponry in. Yeah. And I assumed that he was off every morning to do, and he, he scowled a bit. I assumed he was off every morning to do, a, you know, a, a good day's assassinating. Assassinating. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right, mate. I mean, your description yeah. of him, I think. There's no irony in that nickname. I think he really is an assassin. Very possibly. And he, he died of a brain hemorrhage a few years ago, though. So, uh, Well, probably because of all he? the stress. Or did he? You know what I mean? Maybe someone got him. Yeah. In the end, um, that's what happens to most assassins. I've got one. And there's some more. Do you want to hear we- Mexican wedding disandats? It is fucking long, but luckily. Yeah, I read I this read one. It, it is I, long, but I read it's it on the toilet earlier. Yeah. If, it, if I'm on the toilet when I'm reading it, I'm prepared to give it a bit more time. <laughs> so lucky for him I've already read it which means I can cut out the crap shit uh, basically he's gone on holiday he's gone to get married in Mexico Is what it was his yeah. wife's idea she wanted to get married in Mexico and, she, they, and they got the whole all the family and friends out there for a two weeker in a five star all inclusive right Fuck did he pay for all of it I don't think so no because he says oh you know we really we fucking what does he say? He, he, he makes reference to the fact that it was a really out of order on all their friends and family, right? Yeah, oh, he, I, if he's, he's confessed to that, if he sees that that is out of order, then yeah, that's fine because it's fucking out is. of order, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I just wouldn't go unless it was in my top three or four most closest people. But yeah. then again, even if it was one of my brothers, if they said two weeks, I'll go, look, I'm coming out for the wedding and maybe one day Five either side. Max. Yeah, I'm no, no way I'm coming <laughs> for two weeks, lads. Anyway. Basically, I didn't know this. This is interesting. But um, in Mexico, you have a blood test at least four days before you get married. They're testing for sexually transmitted diseases. If you have any, (laughs) they won't grant you a wedding license. It's a good fact, that. It's absolutely extraordinary, isn't it? We met the wedding organiser on the day we arrived, and she said that the hotel would organise for the man, in inverted commas, from from the town hall (laughs) to come to our (laughs) resort and take our bloods the next day. It's no problem, we get man from town hall. (laughs) She said that someone would be in touch. Next day, I'm lying around the pool. I hear a man shouting as he walks around poolside. I am the man! 
looking for Mr. David. Hello, Mr. David. Doctor, <laughs> blood test. Just shouting really loudly. Um, Realising that this is the man for me, I looked up. This was no doctor. He was wearing bright blue overalls unbuttoned to the waist. Nice. Revealing a very oily white T-shirt. Like, I think he's a mechanic. He was carrying yes. what can only be described as a toolbox. I nervously waved him over. Hello, Mr. David. I am doctor. Come here to take the blood of you and lady before wedding. <laughs> we watched in disbelief as he sat on the end of my wife's sunbed and plonked his toolbox between my legs. He removed two needles and vials and put them on the drinks table between us. My wife was que- clearly not comfortable with the process and talk of <laughs> and, and lack of hygiene on display. I bet she wasn't. He picked up he picked up on this and became quite sensitive. He put his hand on her knee saying, "Eh, don't worry. It's okay. I do this before." <laughs> He took our blood. I've done this before. He took our blood samples and threw everything back in the box. Ah, throw, throw, throw. He left, and having been sure that I had no diseases, throw stuff back. Yeah, that I had no diseases prior to this assault was now. I was not so sure. Yeah, because you're an idiot, mate. I mean, if this is as extreme as you describe, David Kelly, who this email's from, by the way then there's no way you say yes to a blood test like that. In fucking Mexico, a guy dressed in oily overalls with a toolbox by the pulse. Fuck off. Anyway. This is is a possible new category as well. I consented because I was too embarrassed not to. Yeah, that is a great... And that is only for a British podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's only the Brits who go, well, I mean, it would have been awkward to have said no. Uh... The second incident was less surreal but funnier. We went to see the wedding organiser in the build-up to the wedding. She kept upselling me. Uh, she offered us a mariachi band to perform at the wedding. Well, that's hard to resist, isn't it? I mean, I think now... I would have thought, that what, would, what, is surely that not part of the package anyway? Apparently not. It was $600. Assessing the cost, I agreed that this seemed like good value and I imagined the reception of being full of fun. The wedding was booked for one in the hotel grounds. This is the kind of detail that we don't need. Just FYI, David Kelly and anyone else yeah. listening. It doesn't matter what time your hotel was booked for, what time the wedding was booked for. It's a, it's a tiny, irrelevant detail. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they turn up. They're resplendent in their white suits, right? And they start playing uh, celebratory music. She comes down the aisle. Um, they play really romantic mariachi music. They say their vows, and they uh, once it's all done and everyone says congratulations, they spring into, like, exciting party music again. It's all going down a fucking storm. But the captain, the person described as the captain of the mariachi bands, calls David over not long afterwards, points at his watch and goes, only five minutes left, one song, you choose it. David goes, <laughs> what? I put you all day. And the captain says, no, just one hour. Ed Mariachi, very expensive. You want more? You pay more. Having already spent a small fortune on the wedding and holiday, I wasn't paying any more. So I panicked and just said, oh, play that cucaracha song. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I better think of a good Mexican song pronto. I can only think of one. Cucaracha. Cucaracha, the, the last anthem. <laughs> 
know that one? That one that fucking Speedy Gonzalez was always singing. Play that. <laughs> <laughs> they played it with gusto. The guests loved it. As they were finishing, the captain looked at me, winked, and rubbed his thumb and forefinger together. <laughs> there was an awkward pause while he waited for me to give him the nod that he was expecting. But the nod didn't come. And so they just all fucked off in a well-drilled formation without saying goodbye. Mercenaries. <laughs> and that's from Dave. Thanks, Dave. Fucking that's Mexicans, brilliant. eh? A few more neighbour nicknames. Yeah. From Thomas Kretschmer. Uh, Porsche wanker. That's self-explanatory, I think. Fritzel, because <laughs> he was often seen going into his basement. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Many girls were heard and spotted shuffling out the back gate in the morning. I wonder if he was uh, in cahoots with Fritzel. Perhaps Did you we'll read this this email entitled Millwall Encounter? It's from yeah, a, go it's, for it. It's from a copper. <laughs> All right, lads. Shall we name him? Does he, I think he doesn't uh, say he wants to be in Better not. Let's wait till the end of the email, because I suppose old Bill can get in trouble. He yeah. says, All right, lads, just a quick encounter with Millwall over the weekend in Liverpool City Centre. I'm a police officer in Merseyside and I was working nights in the city centre over the weekend. About 3am, some Millwall banged on the van window wanting to chat. Hello, bang, 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 we're Millwall, we want to chat. <laughs> Not sure if it was the fanny powder or the scouse wind, but he was pretty lively. <laughs> he goes, all right, lads, any trouble between Everton and West Ham today? I said, nah, mate, don't think so, fairly quiet. Millwall goes... Fucking shame. I fucking hate West Ham. And they hate us. And the old Bill go, don't, don't you lot hate everyone, though? Without hesitation, he pointed right at me and screamed, everyone hated us first, before storming off in a classic Millwall rage. <laughs> I've been wondering what he was doing up in Liverpool and can only assume he was doing some hostile reconnaissance before your show up here. Stay safe, IFS, TTFM. Um, thanks, uh, uh, officer, for pointing out that, yeah, it doesn't mm. surprise me that Millwall would be up there on reconnaissance, on manoeuvres. But, you know, there's one thing I'm famed for. It's that I've always got an eye out for that kind of caper. Well, I know, I know what them. they're up to. Um, and, they're being, yeah, and they're getting sloppy if they're going around announcing themselves to the old Bill like that. And it's another incentive for people to buy tickets for a Liverpool show in a couple of weeks, isn't yeah, it? Because could be sales for Liverpool have been have been very underwhelming so far. Jalapeno. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
jalapeño. Can I tell you something about my Good. household this morning, Andy? Sorry, it's, it's on my mind. I know it's a mailbag one, but like, I woke up and I'll, I'll be honest, I've been in a very good mood, right? You know I've had a good couple of days where I've single-handedly recreated my, the, my 90s dream. You have, yeah. I spent an hour and a half with Noel Gallagher on Thursday interviewing mm-hmm. him about everything. And I can tell you it is an extraordinary interview. And What's it for? Where, for the, where's it, it going It's for the big issue. It'll be either in next week's... It'll either be next week's cover or the week after. Okay. Um, Track down your local homeless and get a copy it's of that. Fucking, it's going to be fucking long. Because it was all killer, no filler, as you would expect. Yeah. I'd never interviewed him before, but he didn't let me down. I think it's up there with my Noel Edmonds interview earlier in the year, <laughs> I think. But we'll have to wait and see. But I felt very good about it. And then the next day, I went to interview Tony Blair. So it was like a great one-two, right, of my 90s. Yeah. You know, the days that I dream of every day, right? It was like the 90s all over again. I told Noel that I was interviewing Tony the next day. And it was all like this. Oh, great. Say hello from me. All that stuff. Just, you know, 90s royalty. Um, Yeah, of course. After a week like that, I was in a tremendous mood this morning. I'm going to West Ham. We're recording this on Saturday, by the way, Cumpers, for reasons. I'm going to West Ham and I've I've woken up after a good night's sleep with West Ham, Sheffield United ahead of me. And I'm feeling like Jack the Biscuit. You can imagine. (laughs) I'm in a good mood. I've got a good weekend lined up. I'm fucking swaggering around the place in my pyjamas. Uh, oi, oi! Got the Elton John book going on in the background. I've done, well, when I first woke up, I had a cup of tea in bed and, and did half an hour on the Elton John in bed before yeah. I even got out of bed, right? <laughs> so I've been in my bed rig with Elton John on the that's, go. That's that's not even a euphemism, though. It sounds like one. I did I half an hour on the Elton I've John. I've just been on the Elton John. I fucking get up, put the slippers on, come downstairs. The family are all down there. Oi, oi, Dickie, Daddy's up. What the fuck? Hey, we all are. The Delaney's are all together. Who wants a bit of breakfast? Let's have a knees up. (laughs) It was like that. And my wife and daughter in particular hate me when I'm in that kind of mood. They sort of hate me when I'm very upbeat. Irrepressible. They find me annoying when I'm glum and feeling sorry for Mm. myself. They like me in the middle, but you mm. know as well as they do, Andy, it's rare that I'm in the middle. Anyway, so I've done two things. One is, first my daughter tells me she's got a mark on her hand, like a sort of a, sort of like a, a uh, what would you call it? Like a, a, a big scratch that's starting to, yeah. you know, on her hand. I go, what's that? She goes, someone hit me with a ruler. I said, who hit you with a ruler? She said, a boy in my class called Mark, right? She's in year eight right. now, right? And I said, a boy in your class called Mark. And I was literally like, who's this fucker? And she went, don't talk like that. I've got it under control. And I said, I want to know why he hit you with a ruler. So she told me some story. It was all something or nothing. But because I was feeling a bit, oi, oi, I was feeling a bit like Teddy Sheridan when he turned up at Man United (laughs) for the first time, right? (laughs) In his Ferrari, right? (laughs) I was like, don't worry about this Mark character. I'll deal with him. She went, what do you mean you'll I'll deal with him? I'll make a couple of phone calls. Uh, It'll all said, be sorted. Don't you worry about that. He's going to get his fucking comeuppance. I'll smack him in the teeth, won't I? Right? And she's like, <laughs> that is, she started going, I don't want to hear you talking like that. That is a pathetic way to talk. It's also sexist, the whole idea that I would need you to come and defend me. I'm perfectly capable of, right, right fucking lecture up I was getting. Oh, fucking mm. hell. So I've, bought, I've tired of that. 
I've got up from the table, just walked away mid-lecture, right? Because I didn't want my buzz killed, right? Because obviously I'm fully like Euro 96 in my head, right? All you need to complete your week is a, a prone Paul Gascoigne for you to squirt water into his face. Exactly. I felt almost like I felt as Gazza was <laughs> recreating the dentist chair all those years ago at Wembley. <laughs> the greatest moment in history. So I've walked into the kitchen. Now, prior to this, I've made breakfast, right? As part of my fucking euphoric state, I've decided to make something, and you won't, you'll, you'll take the piss out of me for this, but I've decided to make something called a frittata. How you make oh, yeah. a frittata, I've read about it, right, from on Jamie Oliver. It's like making an omelette, but at, yeah. at the end, when it's cooking in the pan, you stick the frying pan under the grill, and it, yeah. and it grills like that. So it's a bit harder than an omelette, and you on can put... You can put in potatoes that you've pre-cooked, you know. Yeah. Is Was this your first ever attempt at a frittata? No, I'd done it before, but not for years. All right. But I was a bit okay. like, all right, dickheads, who fancies fucking frittata for <laughs> breakfast then? Don't worry, <laughs> you were- dad's going to fucking cook it. <laughs> you, were, you weren't like the Mexican doctor then, were you? It's all right, I've done this before. I've done it before, though. Dad, what are you doing? This is madness. What is it? It's a fucking frittata. Don't attempt it. You haven't done it for years. Don't worry, I'm capable of anything now. (laughs) (laughs) I've been interviewing Tony Blair. I've been interviewing Tony Blair and Noel Gallagher. Don't you see? Anything I touch turns to gold. (laughs) 90s gold <laughs> the best kind the last time I made a fucking frittata guess when it was that's right dickheads the 90s and they're back all up all <laughs> up get it under the grill son anyway the fucking grill I've fucking I've done the omelette so far it's cooked fine just have to finish it off should only take 30 seconds under the grill I've grated a bit of cheese on top lovely it's gonna melt nice. um but then I've realised last minute, my grill has an internal sort of um, system where the tray mm. that comes in and out is is, is mm. on its own sort of, uh, not pulleys, but its own little wheels. And there's a frame, right. a rig. It's got it's rigged up. It's fully yeah. rigged up. There's a metal it's like rig something close to So it thing. sort yeah. of slides in and out nice and smooth. It's a great motion for when you're like grinning sausages, for instance, right? Mm. But when you need to fucking get the space to get quite a large frying pan with a frittata that's going to feed a family of four, that yeah. fucking rig system has to go. And it you've, was, you've, you've tried to introduce a third party yeah. utensil, if you like. I know. And, and it's not having it. It wasn't having it. So I'm like, but I've panicked because timing's everything when you're doing a frittata. Everyone knows <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. So I've fucking gone, fuck it. So I've, I've basically disassembled this grill rig, right, real quick. I've managed to basically yank it all out right and i've taken out all the pulleys and the rig and the wheels and all of that and the tray taking it all out so i could quickly shove the frying pan in finish off the Mm. frittata bingo it's fucking grilled like a treat all the stuff i've left on the side and there's a lot of stuff i mean it looks like i've basically been doing a load of fucking metal work right i thought (laughs) ah They'll discover that later. And by that time, they'll be so bowled over by my fucking frittata, they'll forgive me anything, right? <laughs> that was literally my thinking. I was thinking they're going to be so astonished by his breakfast, they won't give a fuck what I've done. That that, fi- that feels like your downfall in this story. They eat the frittata. It goes down brilliantly. No one can believe that I've made such an effort for breakfast on a Saturday. <laughs> 
then usually the deal is, you know, if you cook breakfast, the rest of the family do the tidying afterwards, right? They go into the kitchen. I just hear Anna go. Is is that the deal? I need to fucking implement that deal in this house then. Right. Oh Fuck yeah, you've got to do that. Anna goes into the kitchen first, and I hear her just say under her breath, "Fucking hell!" Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone. I've forgotten because I'm so carried away with my frittata success. I've got everything all right in there, love. <laughs> what? She went. You've dis- you've dismantled the the oven, and I go. Oh yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. Don't worry, it's easily fixable, right? And Len's gone to me, Dad, what does dismantle mean? And I've gone, ah, it means taken apart, son. And he's jumped up to the table and went, oh, I've got to see this. <laughs> he goes round, you can hear him going, oh, my God. Anyway, then I've heard all this rattling and blah, blah. And sure enough, my wife, who's very practical, much more practical than me, she's reassembled the grill rig in about... 10 mm. minutes, right? And I, I'll be honest, I, didn't, I was thinking, fucking hell, it might be fat forever, who knows? But it was a nice frittata, so it was all worth it. I come back round yeah. the corner, right? This is, uh, what, this is, after all of this, is when I get the lecture about threatening my daughter's classmate. I walk back oh. round the corner, and I make a mistake. Look, again, I'm not saying that I was in the right here, right? But I come round the corner... And my missus is still tidying up with my son in the kitchen. And I go, put the grill back together, did you, I see? And she goes, yeah, a bit exasperated. And I went, ah, knew you had it in you. And then I make my fatal error. As I say it, I slap her on the bum. Oh, no. But, Andy, what can I say? I thought it was the 90s. And remember, minor acts of sexism were considered ironic then. And you could get away with it. I'm off to the boat to read this week's new Loaded. Yeah. Fucking great. It's got a fucking interview with Roland Rivron in it. (laughs) (laughs) And Roland Rat. (laughs) As I crack open a can of Caffrey's. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a breakfast Caffrey's, I reckon. (laughs) Weekend, isn't it? Going up the football later on. Going up the park later on. (laughs) Stick on the fucking super grass with you so we can start fucking getting in the mood. (laughs) We are young. We are free. <laughs> and what was the reaction to the bum slap? Bad. <coughs> Bad from Bad my reaction. wife, but even worse from my daughter, who, don't forget, had already been lecturing mm-hmm. me, had followed me into the kitchen, and the first thing she'd seen me do is slap her mum on the ass. Well, mm. I'd already been accused of sexism and being a dinosaur, and mm. then it got worse. She went mad, right? She was going, that is disgusting. It's disgusting in any context. I don't care if she's your wife. You shouldn't do it in front of your kids. Jesus. Fucking hell, right? Then she's fucking wrote Lenin, because he sort of is a bit of an acolyte of hers and goes along with whatever she says. And he's going, yeah, she's right, Dad. That was out of order, right? And I've gone, <laughs> oh, leave me alone, leave me alone. And then they, then I said, all right, all right. Instead of just condemning me, can we all just, like, you know, calm down a bit and we'll discuss this yeah. like it was a court of law? What are the real rights and wrongs here? How What what have I done that's so bad? So mm. then they do a Kevin Keegan and Terry McDermott-style fucking show trial, right? Bang, bang. Where yeah. They, yeah, they bang, bang. They all fucking have their say. I tried to defend myself, but to be honest, I found that I was defending the indefensible, not for the first yeah. time. So in well, the end, yeah. I had to roll over and I had to do a... Yeah, I plead guilty. It was out of order, but I realise that now, and I appreciate... I was doing all that. I appreciate you pointing it out yeah. to me, 
because perhaps I wasn't thinking straight because of the week yeah. I've had with the nineties revival, etc. Yeah, yeah. And You've I got said, to just say that you know I've I've learned from this and I've grown as a human being. I, that was and the exact I will make angle. changes in my life and my thinking going that, forward. That was my exact angle, mate. I thought that's my only mm. hope because I on, knew yeah. deep down that the things I'd done were stupid. Yeah, you but I, I tried yeah. to go, look, it was just a bit of fun. Come on, pussycat, never mind, and I won't do it again. <laughs> well, no, right. no. No, I didn't go say pussycat. No. Right? And anyway, I, I tried to do that, and then they all went out of the room, right, to discuss what my punishment would be, and they all had to write down <laughs> on a piece of paper what it was. And this is the bad <laughs> thing, right? I'm sitting there thinking, fucking dickheads. What's, uh, suddenly, they come back in the room, and then has taken my slipper off my foot because I have my feet up on the sofa. And I've told you about my slippers before. They have a rubber sole, which allows me to go out and do the recycling in the rain without them. Very firm sole, yeah. Yeah. Firm sole. He slipped it off my foot. He's run over and he's just started battering me with it. And I mean... Fucking hell. Battering, right? And luckily... This is what they concocted out out of the room. This is what they decided was going to be a punishment. I didn't know at first. I thought, he's just gone mad. So I covered my head in my arms and I curled up in a, you know in a sort of a fetal position to defend myself. And mm. he battered me five or six times around the head, but it was just hit my arms because I was protecting my head. And then I said, Oi, stop that. That's really bad. Say sorry. And in the end, he said sorry. And then my wife came in. She said, that was too hard. Say sorry. Mm. And only then did I say, you said too hard, as if like you had been complicit to admitting me to some degree. And I said, let me see those bits of paper. And all three of them had written on their bits of paper the slipper. Violence. The slipper. The slipper. But it's not well, like I, wa- I want to say the slipper is, like, I mean, you know, I've never done anything like that to my kids. The slipper is not a known thing. He has been reading a lot of the no. Beano. So maybe in his old Beano annuals, he's learned <laughs> about people hitting people with slippers. But basically, I took a battering. And now I'm locked upstairs doing this review. This didn't end yeah. that long ago. And there, I don't know what the status is, but basically, I, yeah. I feel aggrieved. Well, I think you should call it a draw because it's an eye for an eye, isn't it? You, you committed an act of violence, and they have retaliated with an act arse. of violence. It wasn't hard. Well, it was effect- It was well, supposed to be affectionate. Yeah, but it can't be. E- the punishment can't be equal. It's got to be above what you did, because yeah. otherwise, you're not going to learn, are you? I suppose not. Have you learned? I have actually. Yeah. I mean, it's good you've got this podcast that you can sort of use as an outlet to talk about these things and, you know, process them. Yeah. I think we all appreciate that. Well, I think um, very often the cunters will get in touch and and support me, which I appreciate. Like, in the mm -hmm. week, a lot of them... After last week, I told the story about how Miss Blackburn at school had taken the piss out of me for saying beans on toast was a good breakfast and made Mm. me feel belittled. Lots of cunts have been in touch supporting me and saying that she was wrong and sending me pictures of their beans yeah. on toast and saying, in fact, did they? It's a very yeah. I got lots of pictures of beans on that's, toast. That's nice. Well, there we are. Um, <laughs> it made me feel good. We've we've we've, we've run out of episode. Okay. That's it. Um, just quickly before we go, I was looking on Facebook Marketplace Sunderland earlier on. Hmm. We could get a top flight time machine van for seven hundred and ninety-five quid if we wanted one. What do you mean? What do you think? A van. But what's... We'll just pin, we'll just pin Top Flight Time Machine on the side. Oh, right. So what you just mean is a van, but we could it's paint a van, it. yeah. It says 250,000 kilometres... No, 250,000 miles drives like it's done 249,000 miles. What fucking make is it? <laughs> Renault. 
Nah. If you, no. The only way you can get a high mileage vehicle with that high mileage, it's got to be German. If not, forget it. Also, the MOT's due next month. That's a fucking red flag as well, isn't it? He's uh, trying to offload it before the MOT. Oh, of course he fucking is. No way. Mm. There's no way we're driving from fucking Newcastle all the way down to Brighton, various other places, in a van that's had 250,000 miles on the clock and the MOT's due. We'll die. No, it's not going to happen. And I'll not in a, a glamorous caravan. way either. You what? Look, you get a static caravan for 12 grand. That, to me, is much more... Uh, appealing because we could turn that then, into our studio. Well, we could rent it out to the Cunters as well when we're not using it. Oh, yeah. In TFGM livery. Like, like Elton John gets that plane that he buys off Led Zeppelin and paints in the stars and stripes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what right, a we'll need a few more subscribers to the IFS before we can afford that, but yeah, we'll do that. Speaking of which, um, there was a false link that went out in last week's newsletter to something called TFTM, which is not Top Flight Time Machine. So we're we're so, we're sorry about that because we might have missed out on some I'm Filing Society subscribers. But by the time you've listened to this, I'll have remedied that by sending out new links. But remember, on Patreon. You have to write in the full thing, Top Flight Time Machine, not TFTM, and only then will you get to join the Iron Violent Society. I hope that makes sense. And your life will be enhanced. Your life will be enhanced because tomorrow we're doing the first of what could be two or three deep dives into the greatest ever Hells Angels documentary from the BBC from 1973. I'm really it's looking on YouTube, forward to it. So watch really it in advance and, and look out for that. That's IFS only, though, so, you know... Put your hands in your pockets. Subscribe or perish. If you're listening, David Furnish, get those email accounts set up. (laughs) You can have eltonjohn01 at gmail, (laughs) eltonjohn02 at gmail. Elton underscore John. And then, of course, you've got all the Reg Dwights as well. Yeah, of course. mm. Right, that's it. Uh, I think we've all learned something. You certainly have, Sam. Yeah, I hope so. And I've learned about frittatas. Mm. Um, You're off to make yourself one now, I shouldn't wonder. Yeah. Nah. Ta-da. <laughs> See ya.